We're fixing to have us a good day. Welcome on into the Locked On Auburn podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast presented by our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. You can probably tell by the title, but we are continuing our countdown for the top Auburn football players to watch going into spring. God, it's almost here, folks. It's almost here. So uh, let's just, yeah, we're getting into it. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas. Top five time. You ready to go? Dude, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. All right. Is it, it's my turn to go fifth, right? I believe so. All right. My number five guy is Roger McCreary. He's going to be a huge part of this defense. It's just kind of assumed he will be the number one corner next year. But there's also this assumption that he is going to like be incredible no matter what. And I think uh, I think you got to look at it and say, well, he had some pretty pretty stout help on the back end of the defense last year, and I think it's important to keep tabs on like, is he going to deliver? Is he going to deliver mm-hmm. with all these expectations that are kind of swirling around him? It certainly seems like he's got the ability to do it, but you got to follow through. You got to you know you got to put it on the field. So, is he going to be a guy that is able to man up? and bump and run with some of the best wide receivers in the SEC. We don't know yet. We think so, and I think so personally. Um, but he's still got to get better than he was a year ago for him to be able to to do that. I mean, there is a reason that you know Javaris Davis and Noah Benogany were ahead of them on the depth chart because they were better corners than he was. But every now and then you see McCreary do something, you're like, man, I don't know if those other two guys could do that. And that's what has Auburn fans so excited about him, mm-hmm. right? And the, the defensive coaching staff. Uh, so excited about him. And I mean, this guy was a three star when he committed and he's only gotten better and better and better from there. So that is uh that is why he is my number five guy. There's a lot of excitement, but he's got to back it up. He's got to back it up. So we'll keep tabs on him uh, throughout the spring and throughout uh, all of the off season. Uh, he's not on my list, but just to kind of continue what you were saying, McCreary was actually the highest graded cornerback um, on Auburn's team according to Pro Football Focus, and I know... His role, though, is, I mean, I think Noah's job was harder than his. Correct. But but that, I don't, that, that's still fantastic. I don't understand how the PFF rating system works and everything, um, and I know that one guy pissed everyone off by saying that they shouldn't, no one should draft Derek Brown in the first round or something, but... Right, you gotta love um, that. Paid article, too. You gotta pay for it. <laughs> I don't know... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know how all that works and how they do their gradings and everything, and I don't know how much they take into account that Noah did have a harder job and, and Javaris probably did also. Um, but I do think it is worth noting that he did have the highest grade on the team at the cornerback position. I also expect big things from him this season. My number five is Tank Bigsby. Um, a, a five-star guy with all the hype that he has rolling into campus in a, a very crowded running back room where you know we know that there's a lot of playing time to be had. I think that he he's definitely a player to watch to see if that momentum that he is carrying from high school can continue, and I definitely think he's a guy that will be very closely watched um, by everyone to see if he can carve out a role to get significant playing time in the fall. What what do you see as Tank's strengths coming in, being young? Uh, size, his size. nickname? Yeah, I mean, obviously. Is that a nickname? I think his given name is not Tank. Is his, it? His nickname's Philip, I think. His real name's Philip? No, nickname's Philip. That's a terrible joke, but no. <laughs> 
Okay, Brett, we already have one guy on this podcast that does terrible jokes. Right, you so. just need no, a second. No, th- there's room for more. There's room for more. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Uh, I just kind of assumed his like his name was Tank, and I'm going to operate under that until proven otherwise. That's fair. Well, I thought that Smoke Monday's given name was Smoke, and then that was shattered for me. Yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah. So... Did you, do you think Big Cat's name is actually Big Cat? No, that one I knew. Yeah, his, name is, his name is Markavius. I forgot what Smoke's name it was. It's it's something like that. Yeah. It's it's Cartavius. I don't think so. I'm looking at it right now on Rivals.com. Cartavius Bigsby. Oh, for Tank? Yeah. I thought Cartavius? you meant for Smoke Monday. I'm like, no, I don't think I was. <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, no, no. Cartavius Bigsby is his name. Cartavius. I knew it. You're right. Uh, his nickname, he has elite speed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't do a lot of spin moves, which was the big issue with Rock Thomas. Ooh, that was a, I don't think. That guy's still spinning. Underestimate or understate how big of an issue that was. Sure. All right. Uh, who's your number four? My number four is a combo. Um, be Luke Deal slash Tyler Fromm. Okay. Starting tight end. Starting tight end. Okay. Uh, because we've talked about the tight end position we have on this show like four or five times everyone not i guess not we should we should change his name to the locked on auburn tight ends podcast really for real and we've heard time and time again about you know chad morris how much he likes to use the tight ends clearly clearly it has been um, a focus in recruiting. They've brought in four in the last two years, and two of them are going to be here in the spring. Sure, from and Deal. They've both been here for a year, and so I'm I'm watching those. They are my player to watch because um, I'm very interested to hear how they're being used and if they're playing well. I think it's cheap that you put two people in one slot. I'm just going to say it. Just should have made it the top eleven. Yeah, really. Is that enough? Do you do you need more than eleven players in a top ten list? You know what, Zach? Maybe I should have just picked all the Texas guys again. <laughs> yeah, because that went so well the first time. My number four guy is Owen Papo. Uh, I think there's some things like, what does his next step look like? You know, I thought this was going to be our least content- contentious top ten in a while. And after that, I feel like I should just, I feel, it feels contentious. I feel like I am I should be taking shots at Owen Papo right now. I definitely can feel the energy change. There's a momentum shift in here, in the room. Oh, go back and listen to the Texas one. I'll send you a, I'll send you a link to it. Um, yeah, you can hit on Owen Papo. I don't care. I'll back it up. I'll back it up. That's fine. But the the reason that he's high up on this list is because there's all this talk about him getting better and him becoming more involved with the defense and being on the field more. And I just, I think you got to ask like, well, what does that look like? His ability is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He can do anything. And so is his greatness or his potential greatness, is it going to be decided by scheme? Like, does he have to play nickel some? Because he can. Does he need to play some more safety? Because he could. Do they need to bring him off the edge at all? Do you line him up at buck every now and then? I mean, because you're hearing all these different things. You just look at it. He certainly passes the eye test. You assume he's able to do all these things. And you hear about his work ethic and how much he loves the game of football and how much he wants to, how, you know, he just wants to do more. And you're seeing all of these gadget guys that move all over college defenses throughout football. And then the NFL absolutely loves them. Like, can he do that? I think he can, but is he? Are they going to let him do it? And is that is that what the next step for Owen Papo looks like? That is why he is my number four player to watch. It, isn't his biggest complaint sometimes he gets lost in traffic, and gets kind of sucked in on play action and, and will bite on a run? I remember hearing a little bit about that. Was but I think that came with just his youth and experience. Yeah, I think that's fixable. Mm-hmm. I think that's fixable with film study and just kind of being able to feel the game. But he's an animal, though. 
He's yeah. He's fantastic. he's also he's not the he's not the biggest dude in the world for right. But that that yeah, has so, not so, been an issue for Auburn yeah. linebackers in the past. Yeah, but so. He, he's not the biggest guy, but, it, but, but he can move so well. Yeah, like, like it speaks to what you were saying. He can play safety. He can play nickel. He can do those things, and part of it is because— He's going to be a safety in the NFL. Yeah, part of it is because he's not a massive human being. Right. So it's like, do they move Tut to the outside and put him in at nickel every now and then? Like That would make more sense to me than, than some other options. So I don't know. that. So that's my question is— I think for him to take that next step, like we know what he can do when Dot when Auburn goes to dime and he's the only linebacker on the field and it's third and twelve and you just need to you need to you know cover cover the middle of the field or man up on the the running back out of the backfield or the tight end whatever they were doing. But if he's going to do more than that, I think you got to move him around a little bit, and that'd be really fun to watch. Um, didn't even cross my mind to put him on my list, but you had because your list stinks. All right, see, like, uh, don't hold on, don't get we doing so well, I know, it was and so then cordial. it just got so contentious when I started talking about tight ends. It's my fault for being here. I'm sorry. No, it has nothing to do with you. Okay. You're a sweet prince. I'm so glad Thank you're you. here. Thank you. I just like to make it all about me, obviously. Um, this tight end question, though, is a huge deal, and I know you've got you guys have already addressed it, but we've recruited top talent. I mean, it's great talent. So, is there going to be a shift? We've we've you know. Who is the last time we've had a traditional tight end? Me and you, me and you have talked about that, Zach. Was it was it? Uh, I don't think CJ. I don't really think CJ counts because all of his plays came when he was in the slot. I think I think Lutzy's the last one where you could really point and point at. But he Lutz and Kirkin as a uh, yeah. I mean, it, it just it's it's I guess, and I think Sal Canella. Well, that was the intent, right? When they brought him mm-hmm. in, as he had played, he had experience as a tight end. Michael loves Sal Canella more than anyone on the planet. I, I've I've liked him when he's made plays. I mean, he's been clutch. You know, he has a clothing line. I did not. I do now at this very moment. What's it called? Nella. Nella by Sal Canella. <sighs> Sal's itself. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It sows itself. Sows. But what does that mean? What does it mean under <laughs> Jack Morris? Boo. No, don't boo that. That's beautiful. Boo. I mean, are we going to see more of it? Is it just going to be an extra blocker? What are we going to do? What's Auburn doing? I think with most his... of the time it's going to be an extra blocker, and every now and then it'll be a eight yard completion, a dump off, or under. Yeah. Hey, that'll be you know better than was last year. Eight yards more than last year. Yeah. We'll jump into more of our list in just a moment, and also kind of give um, I don't know, ask the question. Can Bo Nix win SEC Offensive Player of the Year in 2020? Right here on the Locked On Auburn Podcast. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Before we jump ahead in our list as we make this countdown, I want to ask a favor of all of you. If you could please leave a review Give us five stars if you were listening on iTunes. If you're listening on Spotify or wherever else, just you don't need to do anything. Just keep doing uh, what you're doing. Uh, it's my turn next, right? Sure. Okay. My number three player to watch for Auburn football going into spring is a guy that you've already mentioned, Michael, running back Tank Bigsby. I think DJ is going to be the starter, but this guy is going to be under the microscope for all Auburn fans and the beat writers and the coaching staff. 
Uh, great burst and feel for the game, but I want to see him. I want to see how his vision plays out at the college level because that's kind of the thing that you see. I mean, he's got the physical traits, but can he kind of convert his game to the college level? That was kind of what we saw Rock Thomas struggle with. We mentioned him earlier in our conversation, but uh, I want to see that, and I want to see him hold on to the football. And if he can do those two things and adjust well, he's got a chance to start. I still think it's DJ. I think DJ is the guy. But Tank Bigsby, as far as guys to watch, I mean, you've got to put him up there. Do you think he is the most written-about player during fall camp? I mean, spring practice. Getting ahead of myself here. Is either that or going to be an offensive line thing? I think it is by far going to be Tank's big Tank Bigsby because I think more people will click on Tank Bigsby articles than will click on offensive line articles. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Can Can Auburn keep a five star <clears throat> running back though? Last two, Javon Robinson came and went and came again or left again. That was a weird. That was a weird. That yeah. was a weird situation. Very weird. Probably some stuff in the background on that. Um, and then Mr. Mr. Alabama, Mr. Football Alabama. Well, didn't they just? Wasn't um, with Rock? Yeah. Wasn't Asa Martin a five star or is he a four star? I think he was a four star. I think he was the top back in Alabama, but he was a four star. Um, and same with like carry on, like the four, like the high four slash low five is like a political thing. Yeah. Like, uh, so I don't, but I mean, technically, like Auburn hadn't had a five star running back work out. So um, I predict that he will have more yards from scrimmage than uh, either of the two guys you just mentioned. Mike Dyer and, was Mike Dyer a five star? Yes. He, well, actually, I don't know, but don't he was like either. the top running back in his class, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I was like him and um, Latimer. Latimer. Yeah. And and Seastrunk, who went to Lake Lake Lache. Yeah. He went to Baylor and then either Baylor, then somewhere else, or somewhere else, then Baylor. I think he went to Baylor. I know he played at Baylor. I think he committed to Baylor. Okay. Then he transferred after. Really? Yeah. Oh, what is the wrong. what is the expectation though? What is the realistic expectation for him in his first year? As his a first year? Yes. Does he start or no? Tank Bigsby? Yeah. A realistic he'll, expectation he'll the is the, a very similar role to the one that Rock, uh, that Rock Thomas had his freshman year. I think it's gonna be more similar to Carry On. His freshman year, where they're gonna like go out of the way to do some weird things just to get him the ball. That's kind of what I'm feeling. Okay. What? How's his pass protection? I don't, he, I don't think we know. Yeah, you know. I mean, he's he wasn't asked to do that. Yeah, he's that a high school. school kid, so I would assume not very good. Yeah, physic. I mean, a lot of pass protection is just willingness and like, are you big enough to get in the way? And he right. is big enough. And so n- being able to look at the defense and know who to block. Yeah, know where to step, whether it's in front of the quarterback or what. Yeah, and like, and, and I, I think Auburn's going to be in a better situation with that. Like, Bo Nix is such a football nerd; like, he'll be able to tell him. So, yeah, I, I'm that, not. I'm not worried about that. And. I don't know how much Auburn will really ask him to do that. Um, but he is a th- receiving threat out of the backfield, which could help him get playing time because there's been a lot of talk about how Chad Morris likes to throw it to running backs out of the backfield. Sure. Uh, All right. Who is your, num- your number three? My number three is Harold Joyner. Uh, because- <laughs> That's ironic. Why is it ironic? It's not. A- I think it's coincidental. Okay. That's a go. more appropriate Sweet. use of the word or words. Uh, because... <laughs> Everyone clearly thinks that Harold Joyner is an incredibly fascinating player. Um, 
We heard last spring and last fall that he was getting used at a bunch of different positions. I think we're going to hear all that again in the spring and fall, uh, especially now with Chad Morris coming in with fresh eyes, trying to figure out what he wants to do with all of the personnel that's in in town already. Um, And so I think he's a player to watch to see how and if they're going to try to find a way to get him the football since he is such an athletic freak. Can he play tight end, though? Kind of. Uh, they were trying him at H back last year. I know that was a joke, but I mean, they, they <laughs> no, they I'm tried serious. Him. He's got the size. I think he's got the size. Well, and, if Michael thought he could play tight end, he would have put another name there too. On his, it would have been like Harold Joyner and somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, just wait for the the pre fall camp one. <laughs> but he just wait for next week's list. We'll see how many uh, double names I've got. Yeah, turn it into a top twenty. That's fine. Joyner was really just in for the gimmick play, though, right? The the uh, wheel route's always open. Yep. Yep. My number two is Seth Williams. I really want to see him take wait, that. Wait, who is your number? Oh, wait, yeah, sorry. I remember. Okay. Your number three is Tank. Tank, yeah. We will continue our countdown for the top Auburn players to watch this offseason, specifically in spring practice as it gets going soon. Very exciting. Kind of crazy. Before we jump ahead, I want to give you guys a quick heads up to head over to our Facebook page to search Locked On Auburn. And there is now a group, Locked On Auburn Chatter. Want to get some conversation going, kind of build the community of all you Locked On Auburn followers. And let's get back to our conversation about the top players to watch this spring for the Auburn Tigers. My number two, yeah, Seth Williams. I want him to take a step forward. You know, there's a lot of talk about the number two guy, but Seth needs to be better too. For Auburn's offense to take a step forward, for Bo Nix to get all the help that he needs. Uh, I, I want to see him just take over football games. You saw it at spurts last year. I want to see him create more space for himself. He's done a lot with not a whole lot of space, and it's clear the Bonix trusts him. But, yeah, I want to see him be a bully and just beat up defensive backs. He's got the size and the, the mindset of it. I think he's going to get even better. Sometimes he loses cool a little bit. You don't love that. But, I want to see Seth Williams be the first Auburn receiver in a long time to get 1,000 yards. He would have probably done it last year if he hadn't missed, what, I think he missed six quarters. And so I want him to even do more than that. Can he get to 11 or 1,200 yards? I think he has the ability to. I think he has the uh, the quarterback to do it and the offensive coach to do it. So Seth Williams is my number two guy to watch in spring camp. Okay, my number two is Bradarius Ham. Cool. Uh, for all the reasons that you said, I believe, on the last episode um, of the top 10. And uh, uh, basically, to sum it up, I think that we know for a. Uh, I think that we are as close to knowing as a fact that he will start on the offensive line as we can at this point. I think so. Yeah. I'm. Him and Brahms are the most likely, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm fascinated to see where. And if he can lock down his spot in spring camp, and I think the only way he can do that is if he is so far better than anyone else at one spot on the offensive line. You mentioned on the last episode that Marcelo thinks that he is um, he's a tackle. I've heard from different beat reporters that they think he's going to be a starter at guard. So, I mean, clearly he's incredibly versatile. It'll be, I'm fascinated to see where they're putting him, how he's playing, how much better he is than other guys. If he can lock down one of these line spots um, in spring practice, and if he can get, you know, if he can play so well that before these Juco guys even throw pads on at an Auburn practice, they're like, sorry. Ham is starting. 
Yeah, the interesting thing is, is even if he blows it out of the water and he is the starting tackle, they're going to move him inside when the JUCO guys are able to practice because they're tackles. And I just feel like he would be more likely to be moved inside than the other guys. But, yeah, I think it's good for Auburn if they get to that point where he's like, ah, I really don't want to move him. So, yeah, I think it's a good goal to have. Yeah, If he's, you know, we'll talk Madden rankings. If he's a 90 out of 100 playing tackle and an 85 out of 100 playing guard and the second best guard is an 83 out of 100, Wow. then I, I feel like they'll just leave him a tackle. But he's got to do it. He's got to perform it. So that's why I, I'm really interested to, to watch him in the spring. Who's your number one? My number one is Mark Anthony Richards. Um we heard... Wow. I know. I, th- I thought you'd think this was surprising. I like it, though. He didn't even make my list. That's crazy. We heard so much about him last spring, summer, and fall, about how well he was playing, how much the coaching staff liked him, how you know how good he looked coming out of high school. I mean, obviously, he had a great high school career also. Um, and now he's in a room with a-, a different guy his age who had more playing time than he did last year, and a recruit that was you know, the most highly touted running back recruit that Auburn's had in a decade, probably, maybe more, uh, and or I guess since Rock, so six years, half a decade, something like that. And so it's – I'm really interested to see if Mark Anthony Richards, now that we think he's healthy and he appears healthy, is going to step up and we're going to hear all those same things again, and maybe he can step in and be like, you have to play me because I'm playing so well in spring ball – and then eventually fall camp, or if he kind of, I don't want to say shrinks under the pressure, but you know he's kind of overtaken by Tank Bigsby and can't catch up to DJ Williams. All right, my number one is Bo Nix. I'm just kind of piling on to what you said uh, last episode. Can he become the SEC Offensive Player of the Year this year? Can he use multiple wide receivers? Can he win on the road in tough games? If he can do two out of three of those things, Auburn is going to have a very, very good season next year and a very, very good offense. So um, I think I think the storyline of Bo Nix is going to be told less than it should because there's already these so many assumptions about the things that we know. But if this dude loves football as much as all these people say he is, and you know you hear all these stories about how much of a football junkie he is, he's going to get a lot better. I mean, he loves football. And like you said when you were talking about it, Michael, on your list, the, the jump that you make from your freshman to sophomore year is crazy. That's the It should be. And for Bo Nix and his natural ability and his desire to be great playing football, I, I think he has a chance to be the SEC Offensive Player of the Year in 2020. And all that starts with him getting better and the offense getting better in spring practice. So he's my number one. I also think it's worth noting for Bo, like after the season ended, he had all of winter break before the bowl game, whatever winter break that they got. He had a month of bowl practice. He had, you know, after from when bowl practice ended, so I guess the bowl game until spring practice, he has all of that to basically be at home with his dad and watch film, his dad being an incredible offensive coach in his own right and the new head coach at Opelika, right? Central. Not open central, sorry, and um, and 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 then he's also had the opportunity to review the film with 
all the GAs available to him and all you know all the offensive coaches, both with Dillingham and with Morris now. And I mean, he has had all this time. And like you're saying, Zach, if he's as big of a football junkie, a film junkie as possible, and he is, you know, working as hard as we think he is to get as good as possible, um, I don't see how he does not improve a lot. Plus, he got the opportunity to play in Gainesville and Baton Rouge last year. Yeah, doesn't get much uh, tougher than I that. Mean, when he walks into another hard place to play in, he'll have had that experience under his belt. That's true. That's true. Brett, whose list did you like more? I think they were both fantastic lists. Both brought such a politician. So di- no, they were brought different Come things. On. Come on, tell me your number one again, Mark Anthony Richards. You couldn't even remember his number one. Think no, about I, that. But no, I had a question on that. Do you think Auburn gets back to another having a thousand yard rusher? Yes. Yes, and his name is DJ Williams. Either, well, I think Auburn will either have one thousand yard rusher or like three five hundred or six hundred yard rushers or something like That'd that. That'd be fine. That'd be fine. Brad, if people listening to this love you now, where should they go to follow you? I mean, the grocery store. I, you know, I don't know. Where should – I don't have – I think he meant like on Twitter. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about those things. <laughs> I don't use the interwebs. I challenge you to find Brett Smith on Twitter. That's all I say. Michael Pappas. You can also listen to Brett on Auburn Opelika this morning or the WANI podcast. That's true. Every morning, Monday through Friday. No days off. Except for the couple the last week. Yeah, yeah. He, ta- he takes a lot of days off, actually. Well, this has gotten really awkward. Michael, where can people find you and hear your friends? Uh, follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. You can watch me Free Money Friday every day at 3 p.m. on ESPN 106.7's Twitter account. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlack. We follow you on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.